0: We also are talking about this amazing infliction um, about sickle cell. It's World Sickle Cell Day. World Sickle Cell Day. And uh, with that in mind, uh, we're bringing to the line. Now, this young lady, I am very, very impressed with her. Uh, when booking guests for our show, it's important that uh, the guests, that there is something that uh, that they are You know, looking to contribute, but it's got to be something that really uh, makes a difference, either with hair, beauty, culture, or community. And uh, to me, this kind of fits the bill. Um, We're bringing, let's just bring her on. Her name is McPillar Don, and McPillar is uh, the founder. She is literally uh, the founder and president of this amazing organization. It's uh, called MTS. And uh, it's a sickle cell foundation, and her website, just so that you guys have it, so uh, you can go there, it's my3sicklers.org, and she'll spell it all out for you in just a bit. It's our pleasure and honor to welcome the lady uh, of all, I call you the sickle cell person, who <laughs> knows just about everything about this, uh, really. Uh, it's my honor to welcome you to the Hair Radio Morning Show. You're on with Sonia Nicole and myself, Carrie Hines. Good morning, Mapiller
1: Good morning, Carrie and Leswani. I'm so honored to be your co-host this morning Good with morning. this very hot oh, yes. show.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, it is. It really is. Yeah. Well, listen, we are happy to have you on for the hour because we want to talk about, um, and we're going to do it in nice, bite-sized like pieces. But we're going to be talking about sickle cell anemia, yeah, um, and um, also we're going to be talking about who you are. And how okay. did you get to be so fearless and raise these beautiful girls? Uh, we're gonna we got a lot to get to this morning uh, with you on the show, and certainly okay. uh, to delve into. So, um, but just to kind of bring everybody and lead us off, if that's all right. And then um, we want you guys to stay with us because, uh, Lasonia, we're also going to have you to kind of chime on in. Now you're bringing some very special guests of your own. Why don't you tell yes, uh, everybody who will be I, joining us uh, shortly as well.
2: So we're going to have Sharika Perry and Rhiannon Ria- Perry to join us a little later on in this the hour. Rhiannon Perry. Perry once had, she is my niece, and at one point in time she, had, she was born with sickle cell and about five years old she was diagnosed with lupus. So she was one of five people in the world that had sickle cell and lupus. And we thank God and we praise God that through um, bone marrow transplant, she was able to have uh, the bone marrow transplant and be cured three years now from sickle cell and lupus. She has not a trace of either one in her body. So um, it's a miraculous story, and she is one of the first ones to be cured from sickle cell. So we're gonna have them to join us also in the seven o'clock hour. So yes. absolutely be a very interesting packed show. Exactly. That is, so, I
1: cannot wait. is that
2: not something? So it's Mathilde, amazing. we're gonna get you back the narrow, in uh, transplant process, uh Yes. Well, I'm we're gonna we're gonna
0: hold you guys. We're gonna bring every all of this back in because we wanna make sure <laughs> okay. and go through the whole thing. We're gonna lay it all out for our amazing <laughs> listeners this morning. I can't wait. So the peris are coming. Okay. Shortly up as well. So let's lead off, Matilla. First, let's go back okay. a little bit.
1: Tell okay. everybody
0: what is sickle cell anemia?
1: Well, um, sickle cell disease is a genetic blood disorder. So um, if you find that a person has sickle cell disease, what that means is they inherited um, two sickle genes from both parents. So both parents have to have the trait, and um, when you have sickle cell disease, it just means that your red blood cells um, lack oxygen; they're deformed, and so they take the form, the, the shape of a crescent, or you know, like a banana. Like almost, like and the, uh, right, exactly, right. So, um, so what happens is. The, because the cells are not as round and flexible like normal red blood cells, they tend to clog together when they're going through mm. the blood vessels, and that's mm. where the complications come in because when, when your blood sickles in a certain area, um, it's preventing oxygen from going to the rest of you know wherever the sickling is taking place like if it, if if you're having sickling at your knee, that means you, you don't have enough oxygen going to the, the, the your lower ligaments, right? And so it causes right. a lot of complications, a lot of pain, um, you know they're, 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 because it's, because it's blood and blood is all over your body, your your whole body can be affected. For example, sickle wow. cell is the leading cause of stroke in children. You know, a lot of people don't even uh, think about strokes when it comes to children, but, you know, um, wow. sickle cell is the leading cause. Um, you know, you have people who go blind due to complications in their eye. Um, you have, pe- you have uh, people who have issues with organ damage because, um, well, sometimes, you know, for, especially for those people who have uh, regular blood transfusions to try to manage this disease, Um, the iron overload from constantly getting blood, it can lead to um, organ damage. And sadly, a lot of people die from sickle cell disease, especially in sub-Saharan Africa where this disease is very rampant. Um, A lot of kids do not live to see HIV. So it is a very complex, devastating disease. And sadly, not a lot of people are talking about it because it is very – ill-funded and so whenever we have an opportunity as this one where you have someone who is so passionate about getting the word out about sickle cell disease and allowing us to use their platform and hey radio you guys are family from now on oh. because this means a lot <laughs> okay thank, so you thank you so much you for that <laughs> yeah
0: well we love hearing that right Sonia. Uh, no, I've got to say, yeah, this is just, it's almost, it, for me, it's, it's very, it's devastating to hear all of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember being introduced to uh, this disease as a child in school. Mm. That's how I first got wind of it. It was not
3: mm-hmm. something
0: we talked about at home uh, so much that I can remember. I mean, I was a little kid. I don't remember that part so much, but right. certainly in school, because mm-hmm. I remember in school, we had. Now I don't know about a lot of other folks out there, but when I I went to school back when they had horses and buggies riding up, you know, like a oh my like God. Little, little house on the prairie <laughs> days, the prairie. you know, yeah, where they're all sitting in one room with a, a little a blue board, chalkboard, <laughs> you know, uh, black and white chalkboard. <laughs> so I remember this where we had to do the the little examples on the board. Of uh, mm-hmm. like who would end up with the disease if you put right. it on a little chart? Did they did, did, did they do that where you guys were? I know that I used to have it. I don't think they probably do that so much anymore. But that was an exercise do. in our school.
1: Yes, you do? I wow. actually about two years ago, um, a local college is called Fortis. They reached out to me. They said, "Listen, pillar, you know, we would like you to come in and teach our class about sickle cell." And uh, one of the things that I did, I actually got on the board and drew those diagrams. And because it really really breaks it down. (laughs) It really breaks it down. Yes. And because a lot of us, and you know, in this country, about 3 million of us have the trait, especially people of African descent. So that's one in 12. Um, And what that means when two people with the trait get together with, each pregnancy, there is a 25% chance that the child will have the sickle cell disease. There is a 25% chance that the child will not have the disease or the trait, and there is a 50% chance that the child will have the sickle cell trait and now become a carrier. So when you wow. break that down, when you draw that diagram, it just it just um it just puts it into perspective for people and they understand it so much better. And they, you know, because a lot of us have the trait and we don't know. Some of us do know and we don't really understand what that means, it really puts things into perspective for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm you know, it's it's awesome that you remember that because you well, know, a lot of people absolutely. when you do that they do remember. Yes.
0: Well, I got an A in that class, so I remember there that. You go. <laughs> I didn't get too many A's along the way, but that I did. So it has always stayed with me, you know, for for mm-hmm. many years. But I'll tell you something else that reminds me about this um, on a personal oh, note as well. I remember um, in my family, I don't really remember anybody in my family, direct like immediate family. That mm-hmm. uh, was suffering with sickle cell. I, I definitely now I remember being exposed to it through other, you know, children at the time I was a little kid, but I don't mm-hmm. recall anybody in my immediate family. However, or even like my my, um, you know, even a little bit out like my cousins, except except,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I did have and I still do. I have one cousin, uh, who is my cousin's son, so I guess my second cousin. And he mm-hmm. suffers badly with the disease. So he's the huh. only person that I know of in my entire family that I'm aware of
3: mm-hmm. who
0: has who has been dealing with it and, and combating it and right. uh in a bad way. So but mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, how can that be if nobody else seemingly has it? But then um I thought to myself, I knew you were coming on and I did a mm-hmm. more, you know, Like, so says, research, I'm going on Googling everything, trying to figure (laughs) all this out. I really did. And um, my poor nephew, I mean, my cousin, he's like my nephew, but he's my actual cousin. And I was trying to figure out. Is it possible that he could have gotten it from his mother? His, his mother was my first cousin, and none of us seem
2: to have it, but it,
0: she could have gotten it from her mother. A lot of people mother. carry well, the
2: trait, and you don't know exactly. that you carry the trait. Right. So, yes. and then when you have two partners that come together where the each partner carries the trait, that's when you know it gets passed on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's exactly the case, and and also. Um, the, the scenario that you're describing um, it, it gives the false sense that sickle cell skips generations because that is something and every time I hear that I cringe because um,
0: it doesn't made
1: me an example that that is a that is not true. you know I am a walking sure, billboard absolutely. that that is not true um, and it is a false sense of security and whatnot because with every pregnancy, the The chances are the same. The odds are the same. Um, and so mm. because there's a lot of people, even in the sickle cell community, that think that sickle cell skips generation. And to be honest, my children's father was of that opinion because his parents had five children and only one had the disease. Mm. So,
0: yeah.
1: but Well, it, what are, these cousin, are some of the
0: myths. So right. Yeah, that These exactly that's myths. a
1: that's a myth. That's a myth. And you know, there's also let me say let me finish my thought before I jump. Um yeah. <laughs> if your cousin has if your cousin has uh-huh. the disease, then his mother yes. has the trait and his father has the trait. It takes two parents.
0: Right, right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my and, belief is that his mother, who was my first cousin, I believe she had the trait uh, that mm-hmm. she might have gotten from her mother's side. My on my her father's side was my uncle. N- you know, from our side, I wasn't aware of anybody. It doesn't mean it could have skipped, and it doesn't mean any of that. But um, right. you know, so it's good to be aware, and that's what the, those mm-hmm. charts. That's why I still think that that there is. Uh, I guess there's a lot now. You have the internet, so you can. You know, in <laughs> two seconds, yeah. you can become a a chief at this um but i love this and these are some of the myths now this is not the only myth one of the biggest myths that's out there Mm -hmm. is that only black people get this (laughs) disease can you speak to that Mapilla? where
2: do these things come from
1: (laughs) i know and they're they're way out
2: there (laughs)
1: yeah it's it's because um for the most part in this country and i want to say in this country It affects people of African descent predominantly. So, one in 365 uh, African American births results in sickle cell disease. Um, And that, and you know, second to that is in Hispanics, and there's like 16,300. So, in this country, it predominantly affects us of African descent. But I will tell you that I have seen blonde hair, blue eyed children with sickle cell disease. And it's such um, – it's dangerous to, to, um, to think that because yes. you have – there are cases where the kids are suffering from sickle cell and they're in excru- excru- <laughs> excruciating pain. And sickle mm-hmm. cell is the last thing that they check for because, you know, they're white. They, it's you know, likely, right. You have – exactly. You have situations where – a white person will come out with the trait and they'll be um, they'll be like, oh, that that has to be a mistake. One of our in Georgia, one of our biggest lobbyists is is a Caucasian man and he goes hard for sickle cell because of you know the fact that he has the trait and they missed it or ignored his trait until his son was born. And his son came out with the trait, and they had to retest him. And they're like, "Oh well, well, it wasn't a mistake. I do have the trait." So that man goes hard for sickle cell disease and funding in Georgia. But um, people from the Mediterranean um, have sickle cell disease. People from Tur- um, Italy, Turkey. In this day and age, with you know the races mixing for sure, um, you anyone can have sickle cell. Anyone. And have sickle
0: out. Well, I tell you, this is where the, you know, and the whole racism thing and misinformation yes.
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, intersecting with that, it just is a recipe for goodness. That's kind of where yes. we are in this country today. Why we're out here and right. all these things that are going on. It's so mm-hmm. much out there. Uh, if there's any uh, good part of this, it's that there are folks like you, Mapillar Don, who uh, founded this amazing uh, organization. If you guys are just joining us, uh, you're listening to the all-new Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. With me, of course, my amazing co-star. You guys know her. She's the new queen of talk in the morning, Lasonia Nicole. <laughs> Lasonia, thank you so much uh, uh, for you know, of course, joining us each day here. And our special guest Absolutely. co-host, this is really your first time getting a chance to meet her on our airways. That's um, true. We're very, <laughs> very happy, yes, to welcome Mapilla Don. Now, Mapilla, you are the mm-hmm. founder and president of this amazing MTF Foundation. Again, it is uh, Sickle Cell Foundation. And mm-hmm. um, I want you to tell the folks, how did you get inspired I know uh, that you have had uh, to kind of deal with this in your own life, uh, but yes. it, it also affects you because of your children. And I want you to kind of introduce us to these amazing kids you have. And, but tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get so motivated to do all of this?
1: Uh, um, Well, of course, I, I am and was inspired by my three beautiful daughters, uh, Tuli, Yay. who is 16, <laughs> Deej, who is 14, she's going to be 15 next week on the 23rd, and we're so excited. Um, When you have sickle cell, every birthday is, like, a big deal. (laughs) And um, and my baby, Hadger is 10. And so just as a single mother, um, just navigating life with sickle cell disease, I have always been passionate about education. You know, everyone who knows me on social media, I have always used our life. As a way to educate people. Like when my daughter had a stroke at seven, we have, been, mm. there are people who have been on that journey with us, you know, from when she was in the hospital, you know, relearning how to walk, you know, just the setbacks that she had, you know, co- her cognitive setbacks, we have shared all that. So I've always been passionate about awareness. But a little over wow. four years ago, um, it just, things just changed because. I was, it, it, it became a, a, um, an idea of where do I find support? And, you know, turning to the different organizations just was not it. You know, there's, there was no support. And, you know, sickle cell, is, is, that's not only in, in the sickle cell space. You know, people donate to organizations, and I believe there's an idea that they help the families who are in the trenches, with that disease and when families need help you know especially with sickle cell it just leads to so much socioeconomic um, issues you know the disease is so unpredictable one minute everything is fine next minute your child is sick and you have to be in the hospital for sometimes weeks at least a week plus plus. and so you know families are struggling out here to be able to pay rent and just be able to support their families So I saw that that was lacking, and it looked like nobody was going to help, so I decided to be that change. And so with our organization, MTS Circle Cell Foundation, um, we're still very passionate about awareness, but we go further. We support families all across this country, and that's something else. A lot of organizations, when you call them, if they're going to help you, you have to be in their space. MTS supports anyone in the United States who has an issue. If you have issues and you're needing help, pay your rent to buy food, if the resources are available, you got it. 100% of what comes into the organization goes into sickle cell um, awareness and support. Um, This is a labor of love. Number one, sickle cell does not get enough funding, so um, I do not get paid for this. 100% goes back into the community. Um so that is sickle- that is MTS Sickle Cell Foundation in a nutshell. And um it's honestly it's honestly an honor to serve. It really well, is. I have to
0: tell you well, that is it amazing. is un- Right, Sonia? it is unusual for uh charities and organizations that are out there where a hundred percent go to the oh, cause. Yeah. That's very oh, yeah. rare for folks who mm-hmm. may not be aware. Uh, how can folks contribute to MTS, uh, the uh, Sickle Cell Foundation? How can they make a contribution to you? We need to get that on out there. Matilda, please tell everybody.
1: They can go to, and we will appreciate it so much, they can go to my 3 You have to spell out the number three. So that's M-Y-T-H-R-E-E-S-I-C-K-L-E-R-S dot org or uh, we always encourage people to donate their birthdays to mts on facebook Um, for the last two three years that has been a really great source of donation for us Um, again as i alluded to earlier you know people are not giving like that when it comes to sickle cell disease Um, it just is what it is but Without fail, every month I have been getting donations from Facebook, and these are from strangers. I don't even know who's donating. That's the blessing. Um, wow. Uh, people will select MTS Sickle Cell Foundation when they're uh, raising funds on Facebook for their birthday. So I want to encourage your listeners um, to think about that when they're having their birthdays, uh, to think about donating to us uh, on Facebook.
0: And we're going to set up some ways that we can accomplish to uh, assist with that throughout our platform. So we are going to have you guys to always stay tuned with us and be connected uh, so we can put you in touch directly. So we'll do some things on our Salon TV Network app and have you back from time to time to fill us in on all of that wonderful good stuff. But we've got you for the hour this morning. So uh, coming up in just a (laughs) few minutes, yes, Lasonia, tell everybody who's going to be joining us right here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. Uh, Who will you be introducing to us, Miss Lasonia, in just a few?
2: We will be introducing to the Hair Radio Morning Show audience, Miss Sharika Perry, the mother of Rhiannon Perry, and. I don't think that Rhiannon is going to join us, but we will be introducing her. Her daughter, is Rhiannon, is now 17 years old, and she was born with sickle cell. She was born with the sickle cell disease and about five years old, she was also diagnosed with lupus. And through a miraculous transplant, bone marrow transplant, she is now sickle cell and lupus free. So we're going to bring in Sharika Perry, and she's going to tell us, Um, All about, you know, a lot of what they've gone through, the many surgeries, the strokes, the hospitalizations, all the way to where Rhiannon is today with her cure from sickle cell and lupus. And that will be coming up in the next moment.
0: Absolutely. And then we're going to have, Mapilla. we're hoping, Mapilla you'll be able to join us back in on that. Uh, the end of that conversation and kind of, you know, help uh, bring all this into focus for us as well. Absolutely. So I'm happy. Yeah, so we're happy to have you guys just to hang out with us in just a bit. Um, What we're going to do now is take a little bit of a music break. I just want to remind everybody just to give us a chance to, you know, freshen up our coffee and all that wonderful good stuff. And we want everybody to stay with us. We have a lot more to go with this discussion. You just heard it all about uh, sickle cell uh, in this hour. And then coming up in our next hour this morning, of course, we have the irrepressible one and only Dr. Pranik James, who uh, will be back with us live on the air at about 8 o'clock this morning. And then the Beard Kings join us at about 8.30. So it is just a tight, tight, tight. Day here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. Also, uh, Mapella, before we go uh, to our music break, are you doing anything special, you know, for Father's Day or for Juneteenth celebration or even, of course, for the uh, World uh, Sickle Cell Day? Any special celebrations um, you have in mind n- with the girls?
1: Well, I because of the restrictions, um, you will find that a lot yeah. of the sickle cell community is, you know, we're not doing as much physically, but definitely on social this year. media. I'm just amplifying um, those our efforts, you know, the whole awareness. What I have been doing is um, engaging my local government. We've had two uh-huh. proclamations signed. Um, Clayton oh, County, yes. that's, where I, that's where I live, uh, they signed the proclamation on Tuesday. And last Tuesday, a a couple of cities not uh, far from me also signed a a proclamation making today Sickle Cell Awareness Day in their um, in their city and county. So I've been working on that just to try to. And we we had a billboard. Yes, (laughs) we had a billboard announcing and that was the first. That's the first for us ever. That's a huge deal a huge deal. Uh um, we is. had a billboard on one of the really busy streets just announcing to the world that today is World Sickle Cell Day.
0: Absolutely. Well listen, I have to tell you, uh and I shared that on my Facebook page by the way. So if you guys go to Carrie Hines page, my page is is uh public. Uh you can go there. Uh, it is open uh, under Carrie Hines, and I shared one of your proclamations there, so we see you there. It's an nice. awesome story. And I'll tell you also, uh, just reminding everybody, your website, tell everybody again what your website is as we go to this break. What is your website so they can get yes. on there? And, and by you go ahead. Please tell everybody what your site is.
1: Our website is my 3 org, and you have to spell the number three. So M Y T H R E E S I C K L E R S dot org.
0: What I love is that there is a like a video there that I watched that uh, mm-hmm. you know, you could see and it was and your your kids your daughters are so amazing. They're so like the story that they tell the T V and the reporter there, uh yeah. just amazing. I invite everybody mm-hmm. to go there and check it out. You will be glad you did. So, um, okay, yeah. listen. You got it. We're going to sh- um, we're we're going to stay on this topic. We're just going to take a quick break for everybody. And I thought we need we're celebrating so many things today. So we have to keep in that uh, that mindset. We've got more RuPaul. RuPaul brings just a big smile to everybody's face. So here's back to mm-hmm. my roots. After that, we're back live, everybody. With a lot more with Mapilla and also. Um, we have lasonia and her sister will be joining us so please stay with us a lot more of the hair radio morning show to go this friday this is special shot going out to my mom miss ernestine
2: To rise and shine with the Hair Radio Morning
3: Show with
2: Carrie Hines. Good morning. We are back live here on the Hair Radio Morning Show this morning with Carrie Hines and myself, LaSonia. Oh, yeah. Cole. Also joining us this morning, we have Mapilla Don with My Three Sicklers Foundation, and she is representing uh World Sickle Cell Awareness Day today. And now joining us, we have someone who is dear to my heart, special. We have Sharika Perry and Rhiannon Perry joining us this morning. And just to give a little bit, of, Sharika, are you there with us and Rhiannon?
3: Yes, we are.
2: Awesome. So just to give you a little bit of quick background, and I'm going to go right into Sharika and Rhiannon. Rhiannon is 17. And she was born diagnosed with sickle cell. At about the age of five, she was also diagnosed with lupus. And through a miraculous um, transplant, bone marrow transplant, Rhiannon has now been cured from sickle cell and lupus. Would that be about right, Sharika? A quick, brief summary of where we are today? Yes.
3: So, what I want to do.
2: Awesome, awesome. So we had McPillar on with us uh, this morning also. She started with us in our 7 o'clock hour. And McPillar has three young girls who all have sickle cell. Now, for myself, Rhiannon is the first person that I have ever known of to be cured from sickle cell. And if I'm not mistaken, at one point she was one of only like maybe five people in the entire world that had sickle cell and lupus. So Sharika, uh, Rhiannon, uh, Sharika, if you can give us a little background of, you know, how we got from, you know, you finding out that Rhiannon was diagnosed with sickle cell, and if you can bring us up to her uh, bone marrow transplant that has cured her. And there's so a I... Do you have a TV on in the background? No. Okay. Go right Okay, ahead. Sure so, we
4: well, as you said in the earlier hour, um, we Daniel and I did genetic testing in the beginning, just when you do your prenatal stuff, and they were like, oh, you have the S trait Had no clue that I had the S trait um, And so then they brought him for the standard blood test, and they were like, oh, you have the thalassemia trait. So we did some genetic testing, and um, they told us, you know, the probabilities that we'd have a baby with sickle cell was 25%. Mm-hmm. So – we were like, okay, no big deal. Well, you know, we'll just go through this. But we did, in case, find a doctor, a pediatrician who would be able to handle a child with sickle cell before um, she was born. So we did a lot of research in terms of that. And of course, sure enough, they she came out and they tested her and she had sickle cell. So that was the beginning. So you know, just the prophylaxis of penicillin and all of that throughout childhood. But um, and you know, we had some. Issues where I would have to take her to the emergency room, you know, before she turned mm. five. But it wasn't it, it wasn't a major thing. I mean, it was it was tough, but it wasn't like oh, you know, she did she did pretty good with all the prophylaxis. But she turned five, and you know, the world kind of like spun on its head. She had um, they were treating her for sickle cell, and they were pumping up all of antibiotics, and they were killing her. And um, it wasn't until I started screaming and yelling that this is not sickle cell. There's something else going on here. You're killing her. She had blood pressures that were through the roof, like 170 over 200, like insane oh. hallucinations, seizures. Um, I mean, she was seeing – I know this is kind of not funny, but it is kind of funny. Now we can look back. She was seeing dead people, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, oh. it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, she had to be transferred from hospital to hospital to find someone to be able to say, like, this is what it is. So we went to Johns Hopkins, and um, a lady, Dr. Sule, walked in, and she said, you're killing this girl. Um, this is not sickle cell. This is lupus. And the more you're treating her for sickle cells, the more you're killing her on the other end. So basically, she had two comorbidities that were completely opposite of each other. So with sickle cells, you generally turn on the immune system to prevent bacterial infections in the blood from sickling. With lupus, you turn off the immune system because the immune system is attacking its body. So Rhiannon was actually one of three people in the entire oh. world that was known to have both of these comorbidities, but she was only five. Mm-hmm. So it was That's really, unreal. really intense. Mm-hmm. It was really intense because there was no treatment protocol or plan to actually help her. So as we're going through this, as you know, we're navigating this as a family. We're making this up as we go along. The doctors are making it right. up. We're like doing all kinds of, you know, differential analysis and trial and error to kind of like figure out what is going to sustain her. As a result of both of these comorbidities, she developed avascular necrosis, which a lot of people don't talk about with sickle cell, but it is huge to be aware of what avascular necrosis is. And so basically, avascular necrosis is death of bone. Due to lack of oxygenation, yeah. so when the so when the cells sickle, they actually deprive the major bones, which are the hips, which are the major major bones, um, the big bones, shoulders, um, ankles, knees, the big joints, of oxygen, and it forces the bones to die. So one day, Rhiannon was coming up the steps, and I'm like, "Why are you walking like this?" and we took her to um, a place in Manassas, and the doctor who walked in, he looked at us. And the look he gave me was like, he was almost in tears. And he's like, mm. I've never seen anything like this. And her, mm. was it your right or your left? Her left hip had degenerated so badly that she couldn't walk. And one of the things mm. you need to understand about ticklers is, is they're always in pain. So she mm. had such a high threshold for pain that she wasn't telling us that, hey, my uh-huh. hip hurts, because she just thought it was regular pain. But if you see the x-rays, there's no way that she should have been walking.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, That's my how goodness. hmm yep. So um,
4: yep. So she had a monolateral fixator drilled into her hips to pull her hips out. At that point, major surgery, big contraction that was put on top of her body to try to preserve the hip. She had stem cell therapy, tendon releases, and we did that, and it helped. Then she had these weird braces that she had to have customized for her legs, and it was just she was out of school. She had to Skype in the school. It was just, it was just crazy for her. Then turn around, the right hip had the same issue but not as bad, so we went in and we had some stem cell therapy and tendons put in there to kind of, like, slow the progression. So Oh, my. all of this led us to the point where it was like, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing with this little girl? Because she's dying. She's literally looking, sitting in front of us every day with a smile on her freaking face, dying. Yeah. That's
2: one thing about her, you know, I have to say, and we'll get her on uh, shortly, but the spirit of this young lady, mm-hmm. I mean, her spirit is just absolutely amazing. And just to I me, mean, hearing just a little bit of what she's gone through, I don't even know that. As an adult, I could handle half of what she's gone through, and just the support that she has had, you know, listening to you has just been amazing, but I'm sorry. Keep on.
4: <laughs> okay. Good stuff. So, um, you know, I, I'm very aggressive with my doctors, very, very aggressive, and um there was an opportunity that came up at children's in d c where they were doing an experimental haplo identical bone marrow transplantation kind of program and It was new, and they were only had three spots three is my lucky number, right They only had three spots in the entire United States for this trial, and children's had one there was some place in um Chicago, I think, and some place out in California, and they were all working together and they were going to do this experimental bone marrow transplant. So a haploidy physical bone marrow transplant is a transplant where it is the person is not a match 100%. Um, normally with a bone marrow transplant, you want a 7-of-7 seven seven match, but we did bone marrow-wise. We did the international bone marrow um, search, and, you know, there was no match for Rhiannon. And there are a lot of reasons for that, um, mainly because African-American people, we don't generally sign up for these things. Um, we, there's a lot of stigma and stereotypes with bone marrow transplantation, it's going to be painful, all this other stuff. And so we did not have a match for Rhiannon. And, and so they came up with this haploidentical transplant. So Daniel and I were tested to see if we would be a match. And it turns out that Daniel was a better match. He's still a half match, but Daniel is a twin. So a lot of his alleles were doubled, which made the chance for rejection for Rhiannon a little bit lower than if I hadn't been home down there. So her dad is her donor, and it was wow. an experimental bone marrow transplant, yep, and she had it on her 13th birthday, hmm. and, Um, her 13th birthday, no, a couple of days before her 13th birthday. The transplant was on the 9th, and her 13th birthday was on the 16th, and um, she went through chemotherapy, isolation, the whole nine yards. They told us. That we were going to be in, tra- in the hospital in isolation from January probably through May. We came out at the end of February because mm-hmm. we are warriors and yes. God is so good to us and we are warriors. She flew through that and she literally, in my opinion, was the poster child. And a lot of people tell her this too she hates it. The poster child <laughs> is bone a transplant because, yeah, <laughs> she, wow. hates it. she hates it. But um, she literally is the poster child for bone marrow transplantation. And how you sail through that, through all that she went through, NG2s. Um, she's been on a she ventilator. A she, yeah, she's, well, after the transplant, you know, infections are really an issue. We, we really did a good job, I think, in my opinion, of keeping her safe. But there was one incident where, you know, she just got a bacterial infection and sepsis and mm. you know, she had to be on a ventilator and all oh, that. But we came through that that's as well very and that was close serious. To wow. But yeah. Wow. So she she's a tough um, lady. had her Yeah. So she had her two bone um two hip replacements. Um one was actually this time last year, it's the year anniversary of her second bone marrow transplant. Right. She had a one bone marrow transplant right after um one hip transplant right after. The other one was last year, This is your anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> and um, so now she is exercising. She is completely cured um, of them. There are some residual things that we have to work on, but for the most part, I remember, I think a year and a half ago, she we were talking about something. And she goes to me, Mommy, I got a little ache here. And I don't know if she's fallen or done something. I can't remember what it is. And she goes, Man, I don't remember what it's like to be in pain.
3: <laughs>
2: oh wow! 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 Yeah, that's all amazing.
3: Right.
2: That's an amazing uh, blessing. And I hear that we have Rhiannon there with us. Is that correct? Yes. So, Rhiannon, Rhiannon, good morning. Yes, good morning. Good Welcome. morning. Good morning. How are you feeling these days? What, what does all of this mean for you?
5: Um, I'm feeling really good. I'm happy that things have gone well and I'm really proud of myself and my family and the support system that I've had for um, really getting through this and making it to 17. Um, And like others, I decided to give back to my community and take my experience and put it into something that I enjoy and love. So um, there are a lot of programs today that I work with like Hope for Henry and the FDA Um, And I can, that I try to put my experience into better the um, experience for other children. But um, I'm feeling good.
0: Can I ask one quick question, Rhiannon?
5: Absolutely.
0: Hi, uh, I'm Carrie. I just wanted to find out with, uh, you know, you being a a young person, uh, how was it with you going, like, to school or, you know, the other kids? How did they react to this fight that you were in? With sickle cell and and lupus and all of that, how did the other kids uh, react to your your situation? Um, like I school
5: kids It was I don't remember having a really bad experience. Um, as my mom said, I definitely kind of pushed a lot of things out of my head, and I really focused on my current time. Uh, so whenever I was in school, I was happy to be in that school environment. And to be with my friends. And a lot of the friends that I did have in elementary and middle school were quite supportive. Um, And so, and then anytime that anyone had a question, I was willing to answer it because I feel as though it's hard for people to expect, or it's hard for me to expect people to understand such a um, big experience um, and something that people don't really experience a lot at a young age. So I felt really comfortable to come to have a conversation with a lot of the students or a lot of my friends about things that were going on. Um, But I feel like it was definitely a learning experience for me because I think at a young age a lot of kids um, kind of feel put off by certain things that they don't understand and don't see. And so a lot of kids like me who go through issues like this kind of feel isolated and lonely because they don't have a lot of people to experience these things, but it was a learning experience for me in the sense that I understood if I explained my situation and if I talked to my friends that I would get a good feedback, Um, and so it really felt comfortable to have that type of support system with me.
0: Awesome, LeAnna. Thank you so much. Uh, LaSonia, Sharika, all of you guys, uh, I'm just blown away. Uh, I see being so uh, eloquent, uh, just must run in your family. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, my mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah. I'm just blown away. Yes, how awesome is that? Just real tough-spirited. Well, listen, Um, I just want to, if it's okay, I just want to bring back mapiller Don in to join us in this conversation. And, uh, Sharika, you were just saying a, a moment, uh, a couple minutes ago, about the bone marrow transplants and all of that. And um, so I remember uh, in having a pre-discussion uh, with Mapilla Don, who runs the uh, MTS uh, Sickle Cell Foundation, and she founded it and all of that. Uh, Mapilla, can you talk a little bit about this as well in terms of going back to the bone marrow transplants and, and the organizations that are out there and we don't have enough support? from uh, hardly, you know, the Af- especially the African-American community. We don't have enough support as far as that goes. Can you speak to that?
1: Absolutely. First of all, Rhiannon and uh, Sharika, I am just so inspired by you all. <laughs> I see a lot of wow. my family dynamic as far as how strong and, and eloquent uh, Rhiannon is in Absolutely. trying to educate her friends. I see my kids in her because that's something... I've always tried to um, instill in them sometimes even when people are being ignorant, uh, which can be hurtful because a lot of kids suffer with being bullied because of sickle cell. And, you know, sometimes they're of small stature or they're in pain a lot and, you know, they don't want to play or they can't play with the rest of the kids and they get picked on Um Sometimes you just have to educate. Like Rihanna said, if people don't know what you're going through, it's hard for them to be able to empathize. So I am um, just so in- inspired by your your, your resilience and, and everything yeah. that you have gone through and pulled through. Um, I just wanted to say that. Um, uh, about the, the bone marrow transplant and how hard it is to find a match, You know, we try to push against the the whole narrative that sickle cell disease is a black disease. However, because sickle cell affects uh, people of African descent predominantly in this country, when it comes to blood donations, we rely on the black community. Like, we're out there just trying to get the, you know, um, I was on the board of the American Red Cross, and my only agenda was to get minorities to, to donate blood because we just don't donate. As we should, um, and, and in this case for uh, diseases like sickle cell. Um, example, my daughter uh, who had the stroke at seven, um, she has monthly blood transfusions now in order to prevent another stroke. So her blood is, it, it has to come from someone of African descent because when you're getting a lot of blood you know, they have to cross-match and they have to make sure that your donor is as closely matched to you genetically as possible. Um, and another thing um, that we really need the black community for is uh, for cases like bone marrow transplant. Um, it's And it's, it's a, like Sharika um, said, people are misinformed about the, the process of bone marrow transplant. Um, a friend of mine, her son went through the process, and he's, what, 15, and he said, I'll do it again for as many people as I can because um, he said it was not a bad experience. They ripped re- a day to him and, you know, took uh, his marrow, and, you know, he was in a little bit of discomfort for like a day or so, and it was nothing. Uh, but you're going to be saving somebody's life. Um, so I actually my organization just, we have a partnership. We just signed this maybe two days ago. I haven't announced it. <laughs> but oh, we just, so hold we hold have, we have an exclusive this morning? This is exclusive.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. the, the billboard, the Radio the billboard for this. <laughs>
1: The billboards for that is going up tomorrow. <laughs> so, okay. Um awesome. But we have we have um, we have a partnership with Be the Match because they have this huge. They're, they're trying to get um, a lot of people. They have this initiative in Atlanta because Atlanta has um, a lot of African Americans and trying to really get um, pushed to get a lot of people on the registry. So we are a partner in that to help them get the word out. And if anyone listening will would like to um, join the, the, the bone marrow registry for Be The Match, um, I want to encourage you to text, count me in, and of course no space in between, so C-O-U-N-T-M-E-I-N. I want you to text that to the number 61474. Um, to to uh, they will send you a uh, a swab and please send that back in so that they can add you to the uh, bone marrow registry.
0: And what now? What does that mean being added to the bone registry, uh, the bone marrow registry? What what happens after you send that swab back in?
1: After you send that in, they 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 test your swab. And so when someone is on the list and they match and you're a match for them, they'll reach out to you um, for you to possibly be their donor so that that person can be cured of. And it's not just sickle cell. Of course, in this case, we want more people of African descent on there because that increases the chance of um, someone with sickle cell uh, finding a match. But... What, if you are somebody's match, they'll reach out to you and let you know, and, you know, you guys take it from there. Basically go through the whole bone marrow trans, uh, transplant process with them.
0: Wow. This is just amazing.
1: Well, I have And a lot say, of people I'm don't just, have that option. I see. Wow. Now, yeah. is there?
0: are you going to put more information on your website, Mattilla, about yes. this? Okay. Yes. And again, um, just remind everybody your website.
1: It's my3sicklers.org. Okay. And uh, just
0: uh, want to turn it back over to Sonia Nicole to kind of bring everything into focus. And I have to just personally say thank you to everybody. Uh, Thank you, of course, Don, for, you know, giving us that insight and your organization. uh, Just doing some big things at MTS, Sickle Cell Foundation. Thanks so much. And um, I'm turning it back over to Latonia Nicole Rihanna. Thank you, amazing Sharika. Amazing. Yes. Great yes. stuff, guys. Yes.